I'm Annie Snyder. This is Politico Energy. Later this week, the CEOs of America's biggest oil companies and oil-related trade groups are testifying before Congress over their role in promoting confusion and misinformation about climate change. This would be the first time that you know, the heads of the companies themselves, plus the head of some of the major trade associations associated with the oil industry, are set to appear before Congress um, on this particular issue. Today, my colleague Ben Lafave talks to producer Carlos Prieto about what to expect from this hearing. It's Monday, October 25th. You have the House Oversight Committee saying it wants to delve into, you know, publicly the issue of how much, you know, oil companies knew when they knew it, you know, about climate change and, you know, how aggressive they were in muddying the waters so the public doesn't quite understand about the the industry's role in uh, causing climate change. It's not new to say that big oil companies knew about their impact on the environment and about climate change way before it became a mainstream notion, but do you have any details on what they knew and when they knew it? Um, They've known for, I mean, for a while, it's like decades. 1977 through 2014. Now, during that time, the oil giant was funding a lot of rigorous studies on climate change. They were published in scientific journals, not easily accessible or digestible to the public. 83% of these peer-reviewed studies match the scientific consensus that climate change is real. Exxon had internal research showing that the pollutants that were emitted from burning oil and fossil fuels was, you know, heat trapping. And that would, you know, lead to changes in in climate. And just so we're clear, which companies are we talking about and what was their MO with the information that they had? Were Were they hiding it or were they actively spreading the opposite of whatever they knew? To be true, we're talking about Exxon, Chevron, uh, Marathon, you know, which kind of got split into, into two. But the MO is, and I'm going to just focus on Exxon because I'm kind of more familiar with this one. Their own internal research showed that when you burn methane, when you consume oil, the gases that you know are, are a waste of that don't dissipate in the atmosphere, but in, instead, you know, trap heat within the atmosphere and lead to. Um, you know, uh, changes in the climate. The study concludes ExxonMobil offered the general public something else, a diametrically opposed stance on climate science. Proponents of the global warming theory say that higher levels of greenhouse gases, especially CO2, are causing world temperatures to rise and that burning fossil fuels is the reason. But scientific evidence remains inconclusive now, what Exxon had done is they didn't make it public that, you know, that they already knew what was kind of going on. Um, and what they would do in the mid 2000s or so is they would uh, fund through their charity arm these groups that were some of these groups would argue, well, you know, we don't know if climate change is a, is a thing, but you know, regardless, the government should not get involved in regulating uh, emissions or, you know, the, the free market should be able to police its own. So it wasn't necessarily going out there and saying oil companies are completely not contributing to emissions. It was more of manufacturing confusion. It sounds like that's kind of how we got to discussions over, oh, we don't know how much humans are impacting on the on, on climate mm-hmm. or science is not settled. Yeah. Um, so that's for this Thursday when big oil executives are expected to meet uh, with the House Oversight Committee to testify. What is the Oversight Committee specifically trying to find uh, 
and to hear from these executives then? The Oversight Committee wants to basically try to um, draw a line showing that while some of these companies were publicly saying, you know, hey, we're all for, you know, cleaner energy, you know, kind of behind closed doors, that they were you know, actively funding some of these groups I mentioned that were muddying the waters. So what the Oversight Committee wants to do is paint a picture of like basically a two-faced industry. Think about it this way. What their number one goal is, is to try to have a big tobacco moment for big oil. Let me ask you first, and I'd like to just go down the row, uh, whether each of you believes uh, that nicotine is not addictive. I believe nicotine is not addictive, yes. Everybody knew smoking wasn't good for you, right? You kind of had those silly ads like... What could be more refreshing than Newport menthol cigarettes? Newport is more refreshing to begin with, more refreshing all the way. Smoking helps your T-zone and... <laughs> yeah, Barney Winston tastes good like a cigarette chug. But, you know, like anyone who was any, you know, paying attention, yeah, you, when you cough up after smoking, you know, you cough up a lot of black gunk in your spit, you kind of realize this is not great for you. Dr. Campbell, I assume that you're aware that your testimony, and you said nicotine is not addictive, is contradicted by an overwhelming number of authorities and associations. But the, what the tobacco hearings were, were show that the tobacco companies were actively trying to get people hooked on cigarettes. I was a smoker and I know how addicted I was to smoking. I know how hard it was to quit each and every time I did try to quit. So the oversight committee, they wanna paint a picture that they hope is so obvious to the public that you know the political support for big oil will kind of crumble. What big consequences could come out of this? I know that we're in the middle of still negotiations on the reconciliation package, which might or might not be friendly to the fossil fuel industry. You're talking about the public image uh, impact that this could have on big oil companies. But beyond that, could they face any other sort of punishments from from new findings? No, we're not expecting like fines or, you know, jail time or anything like that. This is I, I think this is going to be a purely the results are going to be purely political. And I, I don't know if there's going to be an aha moment where it changes anyone's minds on anything. But I think to a certain extent, Democrats, particularly progressives, want to have a moment where they're seen as, you know, bringing uh, the big oil executives out on the carpet. That, I think, will basically you emphasize or, you know, increase the, the schisms and, in, in, you know, between the Democrat and Republican parties. And, you know, there may be more Republicans coming out and maybe a younger generation who will see this and be like, how closely do we want to be tied to an industry that I, I don't know how many people in the general public would consider the oil industry heroes at this point. So I think it kind of, it keeps the slide going of, of these companies into, you know, how close do you want to be associated with them? Also, just before next week's climate talks in Scotland, representatives of the world's two largest emitters are meeting in London. Later this week, Special Climate Envoy John Kerry is meeting with his Chinese counterpart in what U.S. diplomats hope will be an opportunity to press the Asian giant for further cooperation on climate. Since joining the administration, Kerry has criticized China for its weak climate commitments. Specifically, he says, if China completes all of the coal-fired power plant projects it has in the works, it will be virtually impossible to keep global warming from exceeding 1.5 degrees Celsius. But China says the Paris Climate Agreement was meant to prevent heating beyond 2 degrees. And the country has pointed the finger at the U.S. over its poor track record since the signing of the Paris Accord. 
If you want more news on energy and the environment in your inbox, make sure to subscribe to our newsletter at politico.com slash morning energy. Some of the music in today's show comes from the mysterious Break Master Cylinder. I'm Annie Snyder, and we'll see you tomorrow.